Hey everybody, Sam King, founder of King Sports International, innovative training methods that have changed the way the world trains. Today's huddle, we'll look at a question about the shoulders. So go ahead with the question, Greg. Okay, thanks, Ian. Um, I'm working with a new client who experiences pain across his middle delt when he raises and externally rotates his left arm as in doing an exercise like a scarecrow. Um, we stretched and rolled it as much as we could, and his range of motion is still pretty good, but he still experiences discomfort. Um, I was wondering, I guess, what that is or what, what can I do to help to help him? Okay, so the body's really good at giving us our messages, and this discomfort is just a great message. Now, the more unstable a joint is potentially, and when I say unstable, I mean not, I don't mean dysfunctionally unstable, but I, I mean unstable from a, a structural or anatomical perspective, the quicker it is to give you a message. And the, the joint of the shoulder is what I call a 360-degree joint. It has got so much potential movement so that the, the shoulder does feel a need to give you a message pretty early to protect it. And, and the neck is pretty similar to that in that, um, not that it's got the same range of movement, but the neck has a very critical job in, in protecting the spinal cord at that higher level. So the, the shoulder messages should not be ignored. And it is easy to ignore because the, the, the pain messages in the, at the earliest level are fairly low and we're able to keep pushing through them. But it's very rare that we actually win the battle. It's very rare that ignoring the messages works out. So when the, the when a person, ourselves or other people, are receiving a message in the shoulder of discomfort, it's something that should be addressed. Uh, and I, I know from personal experience that, and I've tried to put my head in the sand uh, and, and push through it, and it's, it's really worked out. So the question I've got for you is, why do you think that that pain is there. What do you think is causing that pain? Um, I, I think uh, his posture needs a little bit of work. Probably the posture he stands in all day or, or sits in all day has something to do with it. But his actual range of motion isn't that bad. He just experiences discomfort when he does it. So there's something not right in the joint. That's fair to say. And you feel that his range is fairly good? Yeah. Or, or his, his external range is, is bad when he's basically holding his arms 90 and 90. Or not, or not bad. It's just not as uh, even as the other arm. Okay. So that's a good way to start. We're making a comparison in a bilateral situation right and left. The bottom line is if something's not right. The message is pretty clear something's not right. It's on one side, not the other, yes? Now, I could come back to the old, uh, the theory that I proposed in the, in the late 90s when I talked about my joint gap theory. And I held my two fists together and I said, when you change the relationship of, of two bones, then you're running the risk of causing damage or, or receiving pain. So it's simplistic, but it's effective to say that there's something not right in, in, in your shoulder. Now, it, you, it's from a, a length perspective, you can compare it to the other side as, as a starting point, and you've already identified that there, there is a difference. That difference is in what, external rotation? Yeah. So that would be on your list of potential things to change to hypothesise about reducing the pain. Um, when you look at the muscle tension and the muscles that, are, that, that go over the joint, have you noticed any difference in tension between right and left chest, right and left lat, right and left upper trap? Just left, uh, left trap. Okay. And then the third thing is, if you were to do a control drill, as I call them, and as I introduced them back in the 90s, um, 
right and left do you see a difference in strength or, 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 or ability to fire or function? Uh, right to left in the control drills, is one weaker or stronger? Um, not, not that I noticed. Um, just in the doing the flutter, bent arm flutters, he's weaker in the left arm. Okay, so there is a discrepancy there. So you could potentially got a discrepancy in range, in stability, and you also had a length uh, tension one. So uh, did discrepancy in, in length. Stability, and there was a tension one. You said one was tighter? His left trap, yeah. His left trap. So which side is the, the pain, left or right shoulder? Left shoulder. Uh-huh, interesting. So the, the, the chicken and egg scenario with the trap, it's either tight because it's having to protect or it's tight causing the shoulder to, uh, shoulder joint relationship to change and cause pain. Now, on, on the continuum of length, tension and stability, there is, there is uh, the bell curve or, or a curve of a similar nature where too much or too less, too little can be a problem on either way. Um, but you need to find out what that is. Now, in, in this case, it's more likely the lack of, uh, the lack of range or the, the excessive tension. So it would be pretty simple to find out what it would be. Uh, for example, have you got him, uh, if, you, if you want to test the pain, you want to do it in a movement that doesn't reproduce. Um, too much. You don't want to injure somebody finding it out. So, uh, for example, can you get him to lift his arms to his side or to his front? And have you noticed that there's a difference in pain? Have you done that before with him? Yeah. So when we did uh, lift, lifting arms to the front was felt okay. Lifting arms to the side, um, he felt it in his left shoulder. And looking at it from the back, um, his left trap would also tighten up and, and hunch up compared to the right. Okay, so the, from, a, from a, a functional anatomy perspective, we're expecting the upper trap to remain constant, not to shorten prior to at least 90 degree abduction of the, uh, of the humerus or the arm, uh, and if it's shortening prior to that, then chances are there'll be an impingement in the shoulder. So there's a lot of possibilities for, for what's going on here, and you can identify that by uh, seeking to, for example, as far as tension goes, the, the question is, is the upper trap tension causing it the, uh, the pull function around the scapula to occur? You could drop the tension of the, of the upper trap using a, 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 a sort of a manual massage technique or getting him to pinch his upper trap and then seeing whether the reduced tension uh, would change that or even stretching uh, the upper trap and seeing whether the reduced tension as a result of stretching has, has taken away the, the pain. Um, from a length perspective, you could stretch, stretch the, the three main muscle groups that affect the shoulder, which is the chest, the lats, and the upper trap, and see whether that reduces the pain. Uh, and then you can do a thirdly uh, a control drill to see whether increased uh, tension of the stabilizing muscles. So you can do a flutter or a scarecrow, any of those other variations I teach, and see whether that in itself has reduced the pain. So I'll be recommending um, to, to run those series of, of diagnostic tests to see which one is, is because it's not good enough now just to keep going and it's not good enough just to say oh, well let's avoid that angle you might say okay you can do front belt raises but not lateral raises it's just that's not really solving the problem if you want to find out which is the main contributor at this point in time is it length tension or stability and address it to improve it and then to return but the underlying theme is always uh, never lift in a, to the level of aggravation so you can't lift with discomfort you can't, do a, you can't do a range, a line of movement, or a load, or a speed 
that reproduces the pain in training. So your challenge is to identify what is a contributor and remove the contributing. Now, the body is amazingly receptive. It's a, it's a receptive to mild discomfort or, or mild risk at the joint and therefore it puts an inhibition in place. Uh, and when the muscles are inhibited or they're not firing appropriately around the joint to, to protect it, then the joint will experience some degree of message to you or discomfort. But in the same way, it's equally receptive on the, on the way back in that you can potentially remove the pain fairly quickly um, with a rehabilitation approach. The shoulders are pretty common. Uh, even more common is the low-level shoulder discomfort. And what is very common is low-level shoulder discomfort turning into high-level shoulder discomfort. Uh, you know, I, I speak from personal experience. I spent you know, most of the last year battling um, something that started so instantly in the shoulder. And, um, you know, I just didn't didn't deal with it in, a, in the smartest way. And you know, so I'm making a confession that it can happen to all of us, but that's where we often need the guidance of a coach to be that non-emotional external source to say, no, we're not going to do that because it's not smart to do that. How much happened with that, Greg? But really, guys, in, in, in training, uh, in the body, it comes down to identifying the, the cause. If we can identify the cause, remove the cause, then the symptoms are removed. And that's instead of just treating the symptom, or, now, or it's instead of ignoring the symptoms and, and finding a workaround. You know, I don't report, I don't support that as well, although I understand that's a common American solution. We really do want to give people, people the, the functionality in life to be able to do anything. Uh, and therefore, we want to solve uh, solve the problem. The problem is solved by identifying the cause, and in that way, re removing the symptom. So, fantastic uh, question of a very common challenge, one that that traces it all. It takes a degree of wisdom and a, and a degree of emotional control to solve. Um, and ultimately, if we don't, you know, you can end up on the surgery table. And the, the I tell you what, after I rehabilitated my first shoulder reconstructions back in the in, in the um, Around about uh, 87, 88, 1987, where I was facing my first few with new clients, and I said, never again. I said, I'm never ever going to put anyone in that position. Um, I didn't put them in that position. I inherited them after they come from surgery. But when I saw what surgery does to the, the function and the, the quality of life moving forwards, I said, never ever am I going to have that happen again. Um, so I've been very fortunate uh, as well as very committed. Subsequently to having, you know, probably you know, wouldn't need to take my shoes off to count the number of athletes that I've worked with with said, uh, shoulder surgery. So it's very rare for, for my approach to result uh, or be even associated with shoulder surgery uh, simply because I saw what it did to them in the early days. And that is my goal now moving forward to make sure that nobody um, suffers uh, the Shoulder surgery, you know, obviously if it has to be done, it has to be done, but it's not something you'd wish upon anybody if you saw what happens. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, it's becoming too epidemic these days and too many athletes' careers have been cut short by the willingness to take the surgical option. We, we can prevent those with smarter training and smarter decisions, smarter rehab uh, when the initial symptoms do occur. But it's really, it really does cut back to the why they got injured in the first place. And the injuries normally result from... Very poor program design. And one of the reasons I developed the lines of movement concept back in the in the 80s um, was to prevent people from having muscle imbalances around the joint, uh, and therefore, in the first instance, to prevent postural flaws 
uh, you know, the concept of the level of injuries wasn't as apparent in the 1980s as it is, um, you know, it was as we move forward since then. So as my always, my intention is to, to create optimal balance in the body through the lines of movement concept, horizontal pull, horizontal push, vertical pull, vertical pull, quad dominant, hip dominant, etc. Uh, but you know, the message hasn't been getting across because the rate of surgery has continued to rise. Uh, whilst my concepts are well published by others, uh, they're poorly understood. Um, and not implemented in a way that has really helped the world in the way that was intended to when I first developed them. So hopefully uh, everybody who, who wants to to really serve the world rather than serve themselves and can take that concept forward and, and use it effectively to, to prevent injuries and uh, prevent surgery in particular. Well, I appreciate that. I trust that's been a valuable discussion of uh, shoulder niggles, and we will talk.